day is finally here, and the party's going strong throughout the cosmos. Our eye in the sky reporter Dave Nebula is covering all the action from his space cruiser high above the galactic course. <laughs> What a nice Toy Story Parade welcome for everybody's favorite dinosaur, Rex! Will the owner of a red and black land speeder vehicle ID THX1138 please return to your craft? You are parked in a no-hover area. During your mission, you will be enclosed inside X-2 flight trainers that produce deep space flying conditions, such as turbulence and G-forces. Those who are prone to motion sickness or made uncomfortable by enclosed dark spaces, simulators, or spinning should bypass this experience. W, w Radio. You're in my friends and welcome to the WDW radio show your Walt Disney World information station I am your host Lou Mangello and this is show number 151 for the week of December 27th 2009 our last show of the year thank you so much for tuning in once again and I hope that you and your families had a wonderful holiday with 2009 coming to a close It's time for us to look back at the year in Disney. From changes and additions to Walt Disney World, to new announcements, events, and so much more, join us on our roundtable discussion of our memorable moments of 2009 before we look ahead to 2010. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this week's episode of the WDW Radio Show. Holidays have come and gone, which can only mean two things. First, we've all probably gained more weight than we would have liked, and it's time to start looking ahead to 2010. But before we welcome in the new year and look optimistically forward to all the joys and opportunities that it's going to bring, I wanted to take a moment, which in Blue Mangello time means about an hour or two, and look back. I want to look back at Disney in 2009 and some of its most memorable moments, events, experiences, announcements, and so much more. And because all these things were best experienced by and with friends and fellow Disney enthusiasts, it's only appropriate that I invite just a few of them to the virtual roundtable to pull up a chair by the fire, get a warm cup of tea, or for a couple of us in the case of Florida, maybe an iced tea, and reminisce with all of us. So tonight, I want to welcome back to the table a few of our friends, once again, in no particular order, other than ladies first and alphabetical. First is Lori Burke, forever co-host for the day from wewantstheredhead.blogspot.com. Hi, Lou. 
Welcome back, Lori. Always a pleasure to have you here. It's always fun to be here. Second, of course, you know her. You probably love her. She still can't come up with an, a closing line, but it's oh, Becky Mankin from MEI and Mouse there. Fan Travel. You had to go there. You had to go there. Well, hello, Lou. It's great to be back. And I would have said that you're one of my favorite people to dine with, but Glenn Whalen is also here. He is from <laughs> prettygoodmovieride.com. Passamac- the recently updated, by the way, Passamaquati.blog.com. All-around nice guy, Glenn. Always great to have you back. It's great to be here, Lou, and don't get used to the Passamaquati updates. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Oh, don't worry. We're not. <laughs> so, and there's actually a uh, – there's a real seat next to me here at the non-virtual roundtable that I'm holding for someone else. Who may make a delayed appearance, and if uh, he or she, the mystery guest, makes it, great. If not, just forget that I said anything. So, but really, guys, there, there were so many wonderful things that happened in 2009. Personally, for the show, for us as Disney fans, I think for all of us, for as a Disney community as a whole, and looking back, I think generally speaking, we can all agree it was a great year to be a Disney fan. Yay, nay? Anybody agree, disagree? Totally agree. I'm going to agree with that. Oh, yeah. Good. That, that was a really uh, really insightful uh, conversation. I, I appreciate I it. I hear Lori. Did Lori <laughs> chime in? Of, of, of course she's always way first. up. To, yeah. Okay. So, but really, I, so I thought we would look at, obviously, not everything that happened, although uh, – you know, with me and my lists, there's always honorable mentions at the end or, or strewn throughout. So uh, to say that this is just going to be two or three things, it seriously, is going to be a joke. But I thought we would instead talk about some of the real highlights for all of us. And they can be specific to Walt Disney World, even Disney as a whole, because I think there were so many new additions. There were some losses, but there were so many things to be excited about and look forward to in the months and years to come because we did get a lot of great big announcements this year. So I thought what we would do is go through our most memorable moments one by one, discuss them a bit, and then we'll bring up some of the other things that happened as well. I will go first, um, number first to really help get the ball rolling. And honestly, just so nobody steals mine and makes me come up with something <laughs> under pressure. Because <laughs> <No>. <laughs> so I thought about this really long and hard and, and trying to come up with a, a singular moment um, was really, really difficult. Uh, so I sort of looked at things as a whole. And there were a couple of things or some additions that we got that I thought were um, very important as Disney fans and, and as people maybe that come to visit Walt Disney World. But for me, I think as a whole, D23 and with that coming the D23 Expo and as an extension of that, the the official Disney blog, I think as a whole, that really, this was a, de- a defining year for Disney because I think it shows Disney's efforts to foster a new sense of an extended interactive community with the enthusiasts, with the fans, with the members, whether it's from the membership of D23, whether it's the additions to their website, the uh, experiences they have in the parks or at the expo, and even with the blog, you know, because the blog is no is not just that one-way form of communication that Disney has been doing up until now, save for the mom's panel, but this is 
official from Disney with real people behind it, but they give us as fans a chance to respond through moderated comments and interact. And all of those things, the expo, the membership community, all these things give us a chance to be a part of the community. And from the original announcement back in, I think it was March of this year, about what D23 was going to be and that they were going to embrace instead of try and shut out the existing online communities and blogs and and podcasters and webmasters and instead bring them all into the fold. And I think that they have continued to do that. Um, I think the fact that this community has grown and has become an official community um, is really something that I thought was very, very important. Yeah, you just stole my answer, so we're done. <laughs> all right, good. That's it. This is the <laughs> first six-minute show. show. You know, this is, I've only done one other six-minute show, and it was the very first one. So. <laughs> oh, this is way better than that one. <laughs> well, I, I'll I, let that comment I was, pass. I, I was but... the only one that was not present uh, at D23, and uh, – one of the things that was really cool for me not being present at it was what WDW Radio had did to create involvement. I've never seen uh, the people on our end get so involved in something that we were not at uh, with the creation of the, the, the box people. And uh, we were all watching and experiencing D23 through our computer screens. And there were uh, – I don't know how many people were there – constantly but there was a constant stream of people uh being entertained by what was going on becky and and mojo and Lori and and yourself lou uh coming out and talking to us and t- taking us around the thing it was an exciting time for everybody and there were people who were, were in maine who were just watching all day every day for three days yeah not only that remember the people who watched the first day and then flew in because they didn't want to miss out on any of the additional magic that was going on i I, I completely agree that d twenty three is it was one of the the highlights of the year yeah and and you bring up a great point about the ability to bring the experience and look that was very much a sort of last minute I wonder if yeah. this would work kind of thing. It wasn't something that I announced or planned uh Whoever coined the term box people <laughs> that uh, <laughs> that did sort of take on a life of its own, but it enhanced our experience. And again, it's talking about that community and that sense of involvement that everybody wants to be there. And that for me, you know, continues to be an important part of what we do. And I think at the expo, I mean, there were literally thousands of people from around the world who came in, whether it was for five minutes or like you said, Glenn, were there for four days watching, being walked around, and talking to the people that were there. So, um, again, it sort of goes to that fact of of all of us being a community and bringing people in. You know, it's not I belong to community A or community B. It's all part of this global Disney community. Right. We we were all participating. We were watching. We were experiencing it. It's much better than reading it in print or something like that. And in the meantime, friendships were being formed as people chatted back and forth inside the forum. And it was amazing how many people stayed there from the moment that we'd log on all the way till the end of the show that day. <laughs> it was incredible. You talk about a, a shift in how uh, – and, and I want to get off topic but, – but how sort of news and information and content is being delivered. That is a perfect example right. because it, it's no longer certainly not a, a day-old newspaper. It's not even a blog post. It's, it was instantaneous interactive right and beyond the 140 character twitter post or facebook update 
it was people running from seeing Johnny Depp like Lori or Mary Jo, whoever it was, <laughs> screaming into the camera about the experience. You're right, Glenn. You cannot convey that in a blog post. Yeah. Yeah, right. that was me running and screaming and it was very- yeah, rub it in. Rub it in, Lori. You got to see him. <laughs> rub it in. Yeah, from like, you know, a half a mile away. <laughs> and the people there. I mean, the other thing, too, was the people who were there. I mean, remember things like the Red Queen and everybody from the Alice in Wonderland table and some of the other people who were there the who kept coming back going. over because they wanted to see and talk to the other people who were on the other side. So. Right, the, the models chasing Justin around was was actually one of the, one of the highlights at the booth. <laughs> and it's so interesting that many of the people who who I I'm very close with are East Coasters. Many many of them have never been to Disneyland, and while they were there, they were able to go to Disneyland for the first time. But what they came back talking about was D twenty three. Right. Yeah. Very true. Um, and I think the. As a whole, and we talked about this in our recap show, I mean, I think D23 was very much a successful event. Um, It was a first time out. Disney was adapting on the fly. There was so much to see, so much to enjoy. You couldn't really do it all. And we who had tables there, I think for us, a lot of the enjoyment of the event was not necessarily what the official exhibits and displays were offering, but what we were getting from meeting the other people who were there. Oh, I completely agree with you there. It, it was not about, you know, how much you could sell from from a tabletop. It was actually being interactive with the people there and and getting to know people face to face because when you do so much business over the internet, you don't get that opportunity to um, to talk to people in person. So that was a unique wonderful opportunity. And again, opportunities for fans. You know, Disney did something else too. It was the opportunity for fans to not just walk up and get an autograph from the Disney Channel stars, but to sit in a room and talk to people like Tony Baxter, Marty Sklar, Exitentio, these legends of Disney Imagineering, and get that sort of, obviously not one-on-one, but very relatively small group interaction with these people who, for us as Disney enthusiasts, you know, are rock stars. I know Lori wishes she could interact with, with Johnny Depp. Separate conversation. <laughs> really. So, yeah, so that for me, for D23, the Disney blog, the events that they are continuing to do in the parks and the expo, I think for me was a very important moment in 2009. I am excited, encouraged, and curious to see what it is going to bring in 2010 and beyond. And since, Lori, I would have asked you to go next, but since I stole yours, I'll give you time to Google. So, <laughs> Becky, since you are the other young lady Man. in the room, I, I will um, I will defer to you and ask you, what was that moment or what was that thing or what did you feel was, was significant or most important in 2009? You know, you're going to make me pick one. <laughs> no, do a Lou answer. You saw I threw like awesome. nine things in there. Awesome. Because there is, there, there definitely is. And, and yeah, D23 was on my list. But um, some of the things that we experienced as a community, uh, they're, they're two big things. And I cannot, all right, not necessarily in any order because I can't pick one over the other. But the announcement of the Disney dream has got to be one of the, the biggest highlights for me for the year. Being able to go to New York and being part of the event where they announced the aqueduct and, and seeing 
everybody's yeah exactly <laughs> seeing everybody's faces just light up and and watching the jaws hit the ground when they talked about the the virtual porthole and then when we were um talking about doing the cruise loo it, it was what halloween when we got the information when it was going to um it was going to release and what the dates were and I was stuck in a hotel room and we were working on the date, trying to pick what we were going to do till two o'clock in the morning. So a lot of 2009 has been wrapped up with me in the Disney dream. (laughs) (laughs) I'm very much obviously with you um, with that incredibly excited, disappointed only in the fact that we have to wait until 2011, because I think all of us who are signed up to get on board wish it was, you know, 2010 instead of 2011. But uh, again, it's one of those, I mean, certainly the introduction of a new ship to the cruise line, significant as it is because of what it brings, not just as far as new destinations, new, you know, additional number of cabins, but the Mm -hmm. technology that's brought onto that ship. Again, Disney raising the bar really for the entire cruise industry, I think. Right. And it's exciting, too, to see that it frees up the other ships to explore new itineraries. The Alaska itinerary is extremely exciting for a lot of people. So to open up um, the West Coast now to the, the folks who wanted to cruise you know, more on a, a year-round basis is going to be really, really exciting. So that's, that's definitely a highlight. Does that mean I get to move on to like two or three more? <laughs> no, you, you should, because it really would be wrong of me to take a moment here to plug the cruise on the Disney Dream on February 27th, 2011. <laughs> and if people wanted to go to www.radiocruise.com for more information and it, you know, quote, but I won't do that because I want to let you go because that's. Oh, they got to request, you know, deck seven because that's where all the cool kids are. <laughs> Don't say that because wow. now everybody who's on deck four and deck 11 is like, hey, you're saying I'm not cool. So, I, Yeah, well, just very quickly, Lori, just to, cl- to clarify what you're saying. And I'm not. That was Lori. I am, I am staying out of where all the cool kids are staying. But on the forums at WDWRadio.com, the people who are coming on the on the cruise, they were the people saying, hey, I'm on deck seven. Hey, this is my cabin number. Well, they broke off and they started the decks. What do you call it? The the cool kids are on deck seven and the deck six people started their own thread. And it's like a gang war on the Disney dreams. <laughs> I didn't start the deck seven thread. Somebody else started, but it's fun. We're actually having a lot of fun. It is fun, and, and it's keeping yeah. us, uh, you know, all engaged and all exciting, all excited about, you know, uh, having to unfortunately wait for the next year. Or so and it gives Becky and I. Some uh, chances to, to plan ahead. So. Oh, and boy, do we have some plans. <laughs> oh, it's it, it's so hard. How are we going to keep our mouths shut for a year? That's the hard part. I'll get yeah, you. Yeah. Never mind. I'm like, never mind. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> back. So go ahead. Yeah. So go, yeah. do your Lou Mangiello honorable mentions. My, Lou Mangiello honorable mentions. <laughs> All right. The Adventures Club event. Mm. Well, there goes mine. <laughs> 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 I'm only going to do two Donovan mentions, the, the Adventures Club. And, and for me, yeah, I'll tell you what, here, here's how we can divide it here, Glenn. The biggest, coolest thing for me was in the pre-planning because that was, that was a really fun event. I, I do a lot of special events throughout the year, and that was one of the most exciting events I've ever had the opportunity to plan. So I, that's an honor, honorable mention there. So unique. And, of course, Lou, I would be remiss of course, to point out the adventures by Disney's that we haven't talked about yet, but the six-hour dinner. Oh, that's true. The six-hour dinner. That's true. 
that will live in memories for eternity. <laughs> I should blog about that. Yeah, as borderline inappropriate it is for me to talk about the six and a half hour dinner I had with a woman that's not my wife. Um, <laughs> it was an incredible experience, not just for the company, but for the food and the view and, and all the discussion that took place about some of the things that we have planned on coming cruise, in 2010, 2011 and beyond. So, yeah. Yeah, personally speaking, that was – and Glenn, don't get jealous when I talk yeah, about Becky, Deanna. Becky, not to take Becky. anything away from it because Lou and I have like six-hour dinners like every other week. So. <laughs> Lou, and you told me I was the only one. And, you know, if, well, my, wife, if my wife and I go through the drive-thru at McDonald's together, that's a lot. That's <laughs> the extent of, of our dining regimen. So. <laughs> no, I, I, I think the reason is, of course, it was a fabulous dinner. It was a great time. But, Lou, most of it was – the wonderful plans that we have set in, in place or that we put in, in place uh, for 2010 and 2011. So there's my list. I agree. Cool. Uh, and I love how you tease some of the things that we are planning for 2010. <laughs> she can't so. say it. So now, so Glenn was the Adventurers Club. Was that really your, your yes, moment? Yes, that, okay. was, that was definitely my top. Uh, I, of course, many of us love the Adventurers Club and we were saddened to see that it went. But what I'm going to say I loved about this w, this uh, Adventures Club event really didn't have much to do with Disney as much as as much as what the WDW radio community and Becky did to make it a wonderful experience. Disney was certainly a, a large part of it, but here we are experiencing one final hoopla with our own wonderful friends, their last hoopla for the public, and we were so intimately involved in it that it was such a wonderful experience we've, we've made. Of course, we continue to make new friends, even amongst our, our, our own group. And yeah, that thing was uh, just uh, and just being able to spend 45 minutes in an empty adventurers club to take photographs before it pretty much gets locked out for people to ever do that again. Such a wonderful experience and I'll never forget it. I, I have to agree, Glenn. That time that you and I spent uh, when we first got there, just wa we looked at each other like we were two high school kids at Skywalker Ranch because <laughs> it was like, I can't believe that we're here. You know, a, a place we've been so many times previously, but it was all ours. It was all ours yes. for just that little, and it was, it was a very moving moment that we had together. Yes. So not to take anything away from Becky's dinner, but we will. <laughs> Um, but Becky, I agree with you as well, because when we first were talking about doing something and, and I said, I want to do something really special and really different. And that came, came up as, as an option. I got this grin on my face that, that didn't, that still hasn't left because it was such a unique experience and so much fun to plan. And so many people came over and appreciated what a good time they had not because of the event, but because it gave them a chance to come and experience it one more time or to see something that they hadn't done before. And right. you guys and your team did such a phenomenal job. And Disney and all of the performers did such an amazing job. That, I can tell you, from a personal level, is something that will stick with me for like the next six minutes. <laughs> <laughs> well, and the other thing, too, that, that really was a... Um, a moment when we were there was Glenn. You can sing. <laughs> yeah, he can. You can sing, buddy. I mean, between the only two, under two duress. 
That was just a, a wonderful, wonderful night, that's for sure. It yeah. certainly was. I'm glad I snuck away and came down for it. Yeah, Lori, the, the sneak that she always is, oh, I'm not coming down, and of course, there she is. And, and uh, it was great to oh, see. Come on. Did, did you honestly, did you know ahead of time I was showing up? If I did, do you think I would admit it here and now? Of course, I had no idea that you were coming, but it was great. Listen, it was great, again, not to you know talk just from a personal level, but to see so many friends that I've had through the years and to meet so many other listeners and, and people who, you know, listen, come to the site or, or part of the forums. It really was, it was like, it was like a family. It was like our family had kind of rented it out for the night and uh, it was like a little family party. So I think that's why I enjoyed it so much. Yeah, you and know, it's really hard a lot getting of people. on my carry-on. <laughs> and, we, and we got to meet a lot of people, a lot of listeners that we've never had the opportunity to listen to. So it wasn't filled with, with faces that we've seen 25 times or at Mouse Fest or anything like that. There were a, a percentage of them were certainly people we knew. But we got to meet a lot of people who have, up until that time had not participated in anything. And, and that was a great highlight for me. And the interesting thing, too, is that that place, that venue or the event, whatever it was, meant enough for some people that they traveled from very long, I mean, from across the country, from overseas, just for that event. We know of a couple of people that came over from the UK just to make sure they got into the Adventures Club one more time. So I think that uh, really pays testament to that venue and how much really it was enjoyed by people. So, again, looking oh, forward, drove. it'll be curious to see what becomes of that or that concept. I drove through Orlando traffic to get there, so that should come for something, too. You should get a special prize. So. <laughs> I bet we have a backpack for you. And the cool backpack. We got the cool backpacks, the cool too. Backpacks. So. Those are coveted, by the way. One-time print. One-time print. Take good care of those. Mine's coming with me in two weeks. <laughs> Excellent. So, Lori, what about you? Now that um, I think we've all probably stolen yours from you, I will uh, I will defer to you. No, mine's like, yeah, mine's like a – the biggest thing for me probably was uh, finishing the 2009 half marathon in Walt Disney World and Disneyland. For me, that's pretty big. Yeah, and I think for anybody that participates – and we've talked about the marathon at length on, on shows throughout the years – it's such an incredible Disney experience above and beyond an athletic experience. Listen, I, I am the farthest thing from an athlete there is out there, but I did the half marathon two years ago and it qualified easily as one of, if not the best Disney moments that I've ever had because of the kind of event Disney puts on, because of that sense of accomplishment, because of you were able to see so many different things at such unique times and, and in different ways. Uh, the marathon weekend is it has become sort of a must-do whether you go as a spectator or as a runner. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and it was actually really interesting because I've never been to Disneyland, so that's, I mean, that's really kind of huge on my list, too, is first time out to Disneyland to do the half marathon, attended the Haunted Mansion 40th anniversary event, and do the D23 Expo. So it's kind of a big year for me traveling around. And it's I mean, interesting to see, too, how so many people, myself included, again, asterisk, not a runner, not an athlete, starts off with something like the Walt Disney World Half Marathon, and now all of a sudden is doing the Tower of Terror 13K, 
They're running through the monsoon at Expedition Everest over the, in September um, for the Expedition Everest Challenge and looking to do some of these other races, quote unquote, throughout the year because of what unique experiences they are. And, and in 2009, we lose a couple of races, but we now next year get a new sort of a wine and dine and now you're involving food again into a race, which is right <laughs> up my alley, except for the whole running part. Um, so that's something to look forward to next year. Yeah. Yeah. Lou, we can do the relay. Oh, you know, you can you do the run, five miles. I'll and then eat. I'll do the It'll be part. like a tag team. I like that. I yeah, like that so you can, I'll let you so. do the short distance even. <laughs> oh, short. I like nice. <laughs> Real nice. Okay. Hey, come on. We can just put a tattoo on you and off you go. <laughs> Oh. oh, God. All right. So, so what I wanted to do then, too, is, and it's, it's, I think your choices of what you all picked as your memorable moments are interesting. And especially as I kind of go through some of the things that came around specifically, really, to Walt Disney World through the year. Um, I'm just going to, I'll start kind of going through the list, and I'd love to hear your comments along the way. Because going early on, we got something, and I, Glenn, I know, Glenn, you are a very big proponent of this, and I think this may be the start of new types of interactive experiences in the parks. We get the Kim Possible World Showcase Adventure, something that we've right. never seen before, that I'm finding kids who are Kim Possible fans, younger kids, older kids, adults who have never even heard of Kim Possible, are really enjoying and are plussing their not just Walt Disney World, but their their world showcase experience with this type of interactive thing that you can do over and over and over again. Yeah, I just think it's a it's it's exciting. It's been around a, a long long time now, and first of all, they're unobtrusive. There are people that are experiencing this, and you may or may not notice them walking around it's not like there's a bunch of people bumping into each other with these things one of the fears we had on the front end was that's what we would see a lot of and we have people who are now forcing themselves to look around and notice the details of each one of these pavilions that has a Kim Possible adventure built into it and of course on top of that how great of a job that the Imagineers did in including new material inside those pavilions that looked like it was there from opening. Right. And that's one of the things that we noticed as you and I were going around saying, has this thing been here the whole time? Because it just right. sort of blends so seamlessly into what was already there. Yes. I totally agree. Chris and I did it when it first came out and we were kind of thinking, ah, oh, this is going to be you know one of those things where you just run around a little bit. But we played every single game that was on the, the communicator. We just got so into it and ended up going into places and seeing pieces of the pavilions that we'd never seen before. So I'm definitely a fan. So continuing with the idea of these interactive experiences, um, with a lot of fanfare, a lot of fanfare, um, and a lot of press and a blue carpet <laughs> event, Something else came to the parks, again, different than anything else we have anywhere, and that's the American Idol experience. And when it was announced, people were like, wait a minute, wasn't American Idol so five years ago, and what's this going to be like, and how is this going to play, how is it going to translate well? Forgetting the event, which we went to, which was awesome, what do you guys think 
about this as a whole and the potential longevity of something like the American Idol. Glenn, again, I know just from going with you, you really, really enjoy this. Yeah, I've been. I've, I'm not a fan of the show. I never watched. I, I've only watched it with my niece. Um, but I've actually gone to visit the show at the, the studios at least seven or eight times now uh, because I believe that it feels like what when the studios first opened and they used to try to give give you the feeling that you were at a taping of a real show or actually you were at a taping of a real show this is back to that this is the first time i felt that in a long time where i sit in the audience and feel like this is a real show there's nothing about the show that seems uh any more fake than the television version of the show there were some initial concerns about some of the uh dialogue that the judges were doing that's that's gone away that's that's really not uh, much of an issue um people being concerned about the quality of the performers i've been several times seeing people that were just just wonderful singers it's been a great experience for me and i i still encourage people to go i still see hear a lot of people go nah i'm not interested in that sort of thing and i said you know just give it a try because it's a it's a big show. It's it's a it was very well produced, and it's a lot of fun. Well, I think a lot of people said, "Well, you know what? If I'm not going to sing, and anybody can go and audition and sing and go through, and I think that that process itself is an attraction in and of itself. Even if you don't make it to the show, but say, well, if I'm not going to go sing, if I don't know anybody up there, if I don't have a vested interest in anybody who's performing, why would I want to go? But what I'm finding." is that the people who are walking around who are going to be in the show, that are wearing the Vote For Me tags, people are going up to and talking to them or asking them, hey, what are you singing? What show are you going to be on? Or even the big screen outside in the courtyard, especially at the end of the night, I've watched more so the crowds than I have the screen to see people's reaction, to see people paying close attention. So, Lori, I I don't think that you've ever auditioned, but what do you think of that as, again, another one of these interactive attractions, which I think is a trend that we're starting to see. I've never done it. <laughs> I've never gone into it. I'm not a big American Idol fan, sorry. But I think Glenn <laughs> needs to audition for it. <laughs> that was so not meant to be a setup, Glenn, just so you know. <laughs> that could be a meet in January. <laughs> I see a charity event coming. I'm just saying. Ooh. I'm just throwing it out there. Perfect. <laughs> not to throw you under the bus, but uh, so, all right. So I'm going to move on. I need to go do it sometime, though, but like go and watch and experience it so it can, I, I can actually talk intelligently about it, but I still think Glenn needs to audition. So... So you have things like Kim Possible, where it's a very individual thing, and you've got American Idol, where it's an individual thing, it's a familial and a friend thing, when you've got somebody up there who you know may be performing. You've also have the, the group interactive concept. That comes over to the Magic Kingdom as well. We get this new, they're really trying to bring the guests into the experience. And I, for one, when I first heard about it, was like, Huh? I love the Move It, Shake It, Celebrate It street party. You want to talk about a fun, like high energy, get everybody involved. And if you see the video that I did a couple of months ago about just some of those things that we love in the Magic Kingdom, watching the cast members and the guests just get so excited and just so into singing and dancing. I love seeing those just simple, simple things right in the parks. Yeah, that's a fun parade. I remember being down, I think, right when it just came out in 
you can't help but be uh, dancing on the side and moving it and shaking it. So do you so so do you like these interactive experiences, or are you more sort of hey, I just want to go ride my ride, do my things. I don't want to go out and dance. I don't want to go vote. I don't want to do these things. <laughs> what, and do you like it if this is the trend? I like it. I love all that interaction. I actually like. If I don't have interaction from like a character, if I go to see a character, I get kind of like bummed out that they don't interact with you. But I love this type of stuff. I get mad if I don't get picked to do something. <laughs> I want to dance in the parade. Pick me. Who cares about the five-year-old with the little cute curls? Lori wants to dance in the parade. <laughs> That's a t-shirt waiting to happen right there. Oh, yeah. I have to make one of those. <laughs> so now, Glenn, you and I saw something else, and it's and it's small, and you'll see why, pardon the pun, which I think we enjoyed as well, too. And I wonder if this is something we'll see more of. But we both really enjoyed seeing Remy in France inside the restaurant. Yes, uh, uh, that was outstanding. For, not only was it a six hour meal, sorry, <laughs> Becky, uh, that we enjoyed in just having fun. But uh, when they brought over this uh Remy on a plate to entertain us for a few minutes. I, I just thought it was great performance art. The person who's pushing the tray with Remy interacts with the rat, and it's it's very well done, uh, very creative, and it's a it's a moment of uh, it's it's great theater. I agree, and I like those these things that are just. They're not, they're unexpected. These unexpected surprises and experiences that people will get when they just think that they're going not, it's not a character meal, but they get this character coming over and really interacting with them. And I think it so much enhances it when it's a surprise like that, as opposed to Lori saying, I'm in the Magic Kingdom, I'm going to get online for Tigger, this is just what it's going to be. And right. Yeah. And that, and that rat is mesmerizing. You could just stare at this. The, at at uh, Remy, and he's just the way he moves and the way he he rocks around. That's a that is a living being there. So Be- Becky, have you seen Remy? Sadly, I have not. Okay, so now you're taking me till dinner at in France. So that's it's easy how that happens. No, 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 Becky, Becky I wasn't setting you up there. Sorry, you did. Glenn, you just set me up, didn't you, dude? <laughs> so let me ask you. Th- so let me ask you this: If you haven't yeah. seen Remy. <clears throat> Have you done or, or if have you yet to experience something, uh, another new attraction outside the parks, which uh, which I've covered on the show before, characters in flight in downtown Disney? See, I don't get to do any of the things that the cool kids get to do. <laughs> Clearly, you're not hanging out with the cool kids. I have so not out on deck seven. I haven't done um, characters in flight yet either. However, I can see it every time that I'm driving to a meeting. <laughs> and, it, and it does look fantastic. And a lot of people have said that they really enjoy it. But I haven't had the opportunity yet. So you're taking me on that one, right? I will take you for a romantic balloon ride over downtown. Because <laughs> I took Glenn sorry, sorry, and it was Glenn. romantic. <laughs> Um, but he was videotaping the whole time. So, um, you know, it's again, it's one of those things. It's, it's unexpected and you can't help but see this balloon. And again, downtown Disney needed a little plussing and still sort of needs a little plussing here and there. And I like the fact that they brought something like this to downtown Disney as opposed to trying to shoehorn this into a park maybe somewhere because the, the, the views and the vistas are incredible. And again, different experience day versus night. 
Lori, is... have you been on Characters in yes, Flight? I have, and I have a big fear of heights, but I've done it twice now. And just don't look first down. Time, yeah, the first time was <laughs> wonderful. It actually had just got done raining, and the second time was a little breezy. I wasn't too happy about it, but it was okay. <laughs> it's a lot of fun. I, I really enjoy actually going up and getting a look out over everything. So, Lori, having a fear of heights, you felt secure? You felt okay in the... I did, yeah, because there's, like, the mesh around. It's not like it's something open that you can fall out of. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is, it's a little nerving when you look down to see how far you are and think, oh, if I drop my camera in the water, that's going to be really bad. But, no, it's fun. You and I should go, like, two weeks. Hey, <laughs> that's an idea. I'll take her on a date, Lou. <laughs> That's what the show has become. It's just a matter of, of you know, comparing dates and planning future dates. So. Forcing people to do things they're right. not going to do. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so looking back, and, and again, I'm kind of trying to go as chronologically as I can in my mind, uh, you know, looking back into that first, second quarter of the year, an event took place which made us look back even farther. And I know I started to feel old when I realized it was the 20th anniversary of the Disney MGM slash Hollywood Studios, Disney, again, I think did a nice job of commemorating the event. It wasn't something too far over the top. Again, Disney community comes out in relative full force to celebrate something that, you know, was not really made a big deal about in the parks. Um, They did do a few things here and there, and they had some commemorative merchandise. But again, it, it fostered that sense of community because we, as Disney enthusiasts, felt it important enough to come and celebrate the 20th anniversary of the studios. Exactly. I thought they did some... Uh, Disney stepped up by having the Imagineers come uh, do a couple shows where they talked about the creation of the studio. Uh, Eric Jacobson, the senior vice president of Walt Disney Imagineering, Bob Weiss, uh, and Tom Fitzgerald. And they did two shows, I believe, where they, where they showed some classic archival photographs of things that were going on when they were building and and sort of a timeline. It was very entertaining. It's exactly what people in the Disney community want. I'm not sure if if how important it was to the regular studio guests. They were probably going, well, I'd rather go on Toy Story Midway Mania. Right. And (laughs) did that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I just thought it was... uh... It was, it was interesting, again, because we look back to things, and it sort of really started with Epcot's 25th, and now we sort of start looking for these events. And, and I think what took place there, because of what the Disney community did, brought that more to the attention of Disney to say, hey, we need to do something for the fans that want to hear from these people and want to hear these stories from the Imagineers. Um, so it was a great, uh, there was a great events from Disney and great events from the community as well. Right. Um, Little things along the way, Um, things that opened, things that closed. We get a bunch of new stores like Trendy and Downtown Disney, Paradiso 37, a very unique kind of restaurant opens up. We lose things like the Virgin Megastore. Right. We get experiences like the Pirates League in sort of the Bibbidi-Bobbidi Boutique for Boys, as it's termed. But Becky, and I've done it, and I... You know, video to come, but <laughs> self-deprecating <laughs> video is on his way. Trust me. But and Becky, maybe you can and speak to this was because from a, a travel perspective and, and us as guests got three new for all intents and purposes. We got three new resorts this year. We got Kidani Village over at Disney's Animal Kingdom Lodge. 
We got Bay Lake Tower at the Contemporary. Nostalgic that I am, loving the Treehouse Villas over at Saratoga Springs. Yeah, and and this was incredible to get so many new wonderful properties. And the um, Bay Lake Tower is the one that really was the the kicker for me because its location is gorgeous. Um, being right there at the Magic Kingdom, it's it's just a wonderful wonderful. Um, theming in, in a nice place but of course Kidani Village has its in its own right um, a really beautiful theming with the whole African safari right there I, it just it's incredible what they've done Lori what out of the three of those properties most excited you or, or most excites you to want to stay there I stayed at Kidani in October and really enjoyed it but I really want to stay at the treehouse yeah, I, I think hick, Glenn and I, we thing. talked about sort of that nostalgia that was brought back when we saw the Treehouse Villas and how exciting that was and thought that was going to be it. But then we saw that view from Bay Lake Tower of the Magic Kingdom, and that, that yeah. is pretty impressive. Very oh, and the lounge, The lounge up at the top is just yeah. – I'm very addicted to that lounge. <laughs> That's a great place to watch the, the fireworks. So, Glenn, if you could only stay at one, what would it be? Uh, I'd stay in the Sanaa restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> at the Kadani Village. And just order appetizers, just, right? Just, I would just keep ordering appetizers and say, I'm just looking at the menu. I haven't decided an entree yet. So, Yeah, that's kind of how uh, Becky yeah. and I's meal turned into six hours. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. All three of them, all three of them have such such a wonderful thing to offer. I think the tree houses bring out the, you know, made me feel like a, a 10-year-old again. And that was, uh, that's a good feeling. Um the uh, Bay Lake made me wish I had a lot of money, so <laughs> <laughs> so I could stay in the in one of those grand suites. So, Becky, this is where you invite Glenn to stay in one of those see? grand suites with you. Jeez, oh, <laughs> <laughs> for six hours, right? <laughs> well, I'll tell you, and and I when I was looking back at the summer. Um, it was, it was very, there was a lot of stuff that took place, interesting things, some good, some bad, over the summer. Um, if, if, not only just in Walt Disney World, but for us as Disney Disney fans as a whole. Little things, we get the dessert party, the Wishes dessert party in the Magic Kingdom. We get, you know, the, the Pirates League. The Hall of Presidents reopens, which I think was significant, not just because of the addition of a new president, but because I think the the reimagineering of that show was yes. done wonderfully uh not yes. just because the, the storyline changed glenn and we talked about yeah. this a little bit yeah i believe that the, the storyline it, it seemed to have a, a a very tight focus before now it's broadened and talks more about the presidency versus one issue fighting uh, challenging the world the New Hall of Presidents focuses on the presidency in general and focuses on uh, picks several different presidents to discuss what they had to go with as president. And it really meant a, a, was a more encompassing storyline that when they revealed the presidents again in their glory, it made sense. It was almost like they had been properly introduced this time. Uh, I feel much closer to it now than I had for the past 10 or 15 years. I think that's a great way to put it. I felt very much the same way. I think they really did a good job. And I think that there's a renewed interest 
from both adults and even some of the older kids in the attraction itself. And and when we talked about it, we remember when it first opened, this was, you know, this was a big ticket item. This was an e-ticket attraction. And I think they've done, they've made very big steps towards getting it to that level again. Really, really, really well done. Uh, Very moving, I think, if you're an American. And I think important to see whether you're an American or not. Um, Some of the other things that happened. There, there were some some relative tragedies that took place and, and certainly you know need to be mentioned. The monorail accident that took place over Fourth of July weekend really affected people mm-hmm. in the Disney community a lot um, because of where it took place, because somebody, a cast member, lost his life while performing his role. Uh, it was just very interesting looking back to see, again, there was that immediate response. People were Twittering about it in the middle. You know, this happened two two o'clock in the morning. By five o'clock in the morning, everybody sort of online knew about it because how quickly the information was being disseminated. But the outpouring of support uh, yep. from the community for Austin and his family and for other cast members and for the people who were involved really w- was very moving and very interesting to, to watch. I agree. Uh, I, I, uh, you I'm I'm pausing only because you're absolutely right, and it did it it touched a nerve with so many of us, and it brings me back to that discussion we were having earlier. How the way we're able to communicate now is so much stronger and so much quicker. And just ten years ago, if this would have happened, I don't think we would have we would have had people dealing with it privately versus. Now we had Facebook and Twitter and all our friends who are across the country who remain close, even though we're, we're thousands of miles away in some cases, were able to be there for each other. So um, it was a very, uh, a very difficult time for, for many of us. Yeah, I think, it, I think it brought a lot of sentiment home. And again, the, the, I was so impressed by what the community did sort of reaching out to this cast member that most of whom never had met, but because of what he did, um, I I just thought was significant. Now, another tragic loss takes place or not, you know, around that same time, but has a Disney connection to it. And when Michael Jackson passed away at, at age 50, you say, well, why bother talking about it here? It was so interesting to see such a renewed interest in Captain EO. Again, it's one of those things, you don't miss it till it's gone, a la Adventures Club. Everybody and their mother was like, dude, they're bringing back Captain... Well, of course, now they are. They're bringing it back to Disneyland. But it was amazing to see how many people came out of the woodwork moonwalking, saying how much they loved Captain EO. I agree. I was in line. I was in line for Midway Mania when I heard about that. And right away, it was just buzzing all around the studio immediately um and everyone's going my gosh did you hear the news did you hear the news and it it scattered around and right away people started bringing up captain eo again yeah it was uh and that sort of continued on you know when we were um at d23 and i remember you texted i found out because you texted me and i'm like glenn what are you drinking at the studios michael jackson and then i found out now 
Becky. That's right. I found out I, you were you were in a in a work mode. I was in a theme park and got the information on my cell phone. That's how quickly things travel now, and you were able to get that information from me, and I was not in a work environment. So, yeah, you were donning your 3D glasses. So <laughs> now, Lori and Becky, uh, in that order. Do you guys remember Captain EO? If so, is that something you're like, oh, man, I am so happy they're bringing Captain EO back? I was a big Michael Jackson fan back in the day. So, yeah, I can remember watching Captain EO, and I thought it was great. Loved Michael Jackson, and I would love to watch it again. I actually watched it on YouTube one day just to wa- just to be able to watch it again. <laughs> and I, the, the same sentiment. I completely was a big Michael Jackson fan back in the day, and and still am. Um, I have not seen Captain EO, and I'm actually really excited that they're bringing it back to Disneyland. So th- this is one of those things, one of those um, hidden treasures for me that I didn't get the chance to experience. That now, because of the tragedy, it's coming back, and I will be able to. So there's a there's a spin. Well, first of all, I can now take my red leather pants out of the closet again because I think it's appropriate. (laughs) But it's interesting. I have the jacket with all the zippers on it. I had the jacket. I'm going to tell you I had a jacket again going to the point of why I didn't date very much in high school. But (laughs) interestingly enough, I have two kids, a four-year-old and a six going on 30-year-old, who I have a lot of um, videos and things like that on my computer. They love watching some of the rides when we can't get up to, to Walt Disney World. And I asked them if they wanted to see Captain EO. I said, just, just let me, I said, come on, kids, let me just show. And they hemmed and hawed because they hadn't heard about it. And as kids are wont to do, they have now watched Captain EO on my computer no less than 30 times in the past <laughs> seven days. So I think it's interesting that, you know, and, and when it comes back, it'll be interesting to see, will this hold up, you know, for, for a new audience? Or will that sort of sense of, sentiment and nostalgia go away very quickly and be like, oh, these special effects, not so... I, I think it does. I, I think it I think it holds up, you know, to this day. And it's interesting, I think, that my kids um, are interested to watch it over and over and over again. So... Yeah, I'm curious I to see to if take... it does well in Disneyland, if they'll put it back in Walt Disney World. Mm-hmm. I'm also curious to see what, if anything, they may have done to enhance it or to change it. Right. Are they going to, is the 3D technology going to be just sort of, are they going to sort of plug it back in again or have they done anything to plus it, take advantage of, you know, the, of, uh, the, the decade of technology? Yeah, yeah the new technology, well, they've been converting uh, their, their 2D films into 3D very successfully with Nightmare Before Christmas and uh, Toy Story. I think it's something they can actually work with that film to even clean up some of those special effects It'll it'll cost some money to do it, but if they're if they're willing to do it, I'm sure the experience could be could be a good thing. Because I too brought out my uh, leather Michael Jackson pants a few weeks ago, <laughs> but but in the process, somebody had a, obviously somebody had broken into my house and swapped out for ones that have like a nine inch shorter waist. <laughs> I don't know what happened to mine. So. Man, I guess we're not gonna get to see it in them in two weeks when we come down. <laughs> well, if I start running, uh... <laughs> <laughs> uh, I would be remiss, and I and I and I will indulge because it, this was such a personal thrill for me, and I was able to share it with people. But um, uh, to be able to talk to Julie Andrews over the summer 
and share that with listeners was <laughs> one of those things. I, I hung up the phone and I'm like, that was Mary Poppins. I, I might have thrown a, an expletive in there like this was Mary Blank and Pop. But, you know, and it's one of those things that just has been such a blessing of the show for me um, to be able to have talked to somebody like her. And, and again, to be able to share it with people, uh, I just thought was awesome. So um, but other news from the summer that at the time there was sort of that this, this big hit and has been very quiet ever since because not much has happened but going into 2011 and uh, 2010, 2011 and beyond, Disney's acquisition of Marvel Entertainment and Marvel Comics um, at the time, especially for geeks like Glenn, was a huge, <laughs> huge deal. And I said at the time, and I still believe it, it it's one of those, wow, that, that just makes sense because they've now positioned themselves in an area where... Maybe the Disney company wasn't as strong, which is for young boys and the superhero genre. They've got the princess thing locked up. We know that. But now they've got all of these characters, thousands of characters to tap into. What was your take, if any? What was your impression or what do you think is going to happen as far as the acquisition of Marvel's concern? Why don't we go maybe Becky, Lori, and Glenn? Because I know Glenn will geek out with me. So. <laughs> <laughs> This it's an interesting concept because of, of course uh, another theme park across the way um, has some licensing on some of uh, some of the attractions that um, that live over there. So I'm very curious to see what becomes of this. And uh, one of the things that we do hear from a lot of families is that that Disney does have the princess thing locked down, but there's not a lot for boys, and that's been a, a concern to see how they're going to to spin that. So there's a lot of opportunity here, and. I'm just waiting to see how it's going to play out, where they go with it. Yeah, I'm not. I just don't want to see Spider-Man walking around, you know, Animal Kingdom or something. <laughs> and I think I'm we like, all agree that that's not going to happen. Yeah. I mean, the integrity yeah, yeah, of the characters and the franchises to, are going to stay to happen. But I did see. Um, I think Jason Zucker actually drew a Spider-Man with mouse ears. Right. Right. I did see that. Funniest thing I saw. But my husband's thrilled about it because I think he's finally decided that. You know, my Disney obsession might actually pay off for him now. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's there's so many other vehicles besides just the the theme parks. I mean, there's yeah. um, there's the the entertainment group, and there's the online stuff, and there's the gaming, and there's all kinds of avenues that the Disney Corporation can take with it besides the theme parks. Well, I and when I was younger, I w would have to be secretly wear my Spider-Man outfit at night to sleep and now I'm more they're, just so you know they're called underoos and it's okay underoos, to say you yeah. still have them. <laughs> now I'm built more like the Hulk so uh, so I but I do feel much more comfortable I'm walking around with the purple shorts right now so um, it, it, it should be an exciting thing because but I don't think we're going to see it in the parks for a long time and there's a lot of discussion about that there's some really interesting articles online that I don't think it's going to be, you know, Spider-Man walking around. I think they were trying to increase their uh, their pool of characters, so we might see some films, extra films. Well, that would be where we would first start to see them before they start to get into the parks. So we're probably still two or three years from seeing anything in the parks. That's my useless take on it. I agree, and I'm still trying to get the image of you in, in nothing but Hulk shorts out of my head. <laughs> no, I got the underoos in my. So. <laughs> what, what is it with you in, in red tight pants? I just, 
Listen, I gotta move Sorry. on. I, I'm so disturbed <laughs> at this point. Um, so we we get um, it, it, with with certain additions comes certain losses, and one of which was the addition of a new celebrity chef and restaurant on the boardwalk, which was Cuisina, which opened in August. Uh, for many, the loss of Spoodles was uh, was a big deal. People really enjoyed that. It was one of many people's favorite restaurants in that area. Uh, I, for one, really, really enjoyed Cuisina. We, we had a chance to go for the grand opening. We got that sense that we were in, in Kat Cora's family's kitchen. Uh, I think the food there is... Um, I think it's excellent. Uh, with other closings and openings, we get things like the Tequila Bar over in Mexico. We lose Star Abilias in downtown Disney. Uh, we also, in Tomorrowland, have some major changes because we have the reopening of Space Mountain after the, being closed the entire summer. We also have some minor changes to the Tomorrowland Transit Authority slash Wedway People Mover, which at the time almost seemed to elicit more outcry from the community than what was going on over in Space Mountain because the narration had changed. Um, the familiar storyline that w- that we had and, and some of the, the classic lines from the TTA narration were gone. And, and that was interesting to me to watch people react to that almost forgetting the fact that Space Mountain was about to open up with the completely new queue and all these other things coming to it. Uh, That sentimental attachment to attractions like that, uh, I know I felt the same way as well, and I was reserving judgment until it it was finished, but I just thought it was curious when it reopened. That was the thing that people were sort of hanging on. Well, the, the, the TTA was one of my very favorite rides, personally, and I have to say I'm I'm rather disappointed in, in what it's turned out to be. It, it, I miss the, the narration. I miss the Mr. Tom Morrow. I miss all of that. Um, the, the, the current narration just isn't, doesn't do it for me, unfortunately. No, I agree. I don't like it either. Now, I will be complete diplomat here and say, <laughs> on one hand, I too, the, there was something very comforting about the narration we had before the refurbishment. And many of the people who consider themselves to be purists and nostalgic say, oh, I I missed that narration. In all fairness, what we have now as a narration, if you consider yourself a purist, is very much akin to what the original narration was, what that ORAC 1 narration was, which wasn't about telling a story but about giving you that tour of Tomorrowland and pointing out some of the attractions. And people say, well, I'm in Tomorrowland. I don't need to point it out. But that's what it was. And maybe it was sort of that desire to, to kind of go retro, which predicated the Imagineer's decision to do that. It'll be interesting to see if what we have now remains as the, um, as the permanent narration. So a um, couple of other... Okay, well, as long as we're in Tomorrowland... Space Mountain reopens. Have all of have any? I know Glenn, you've had a chance to ride it. Becky, have you ridden yes. it yet? Yeah, I have. Oh, <laughs> now now you sound a little disappointed. I am only because only because for me, Space Mountain is the Space Mountain in Disneyland because of the music. So when they took this down and they did this refurb, I was really crossing my fingers and hoping that we would have a music track to to bring it, you know, a little bit up and and uh, in the excitement level and. When it wasn't there, I was 
I was disappointed. <laughs> that being said, in all fairness, to, yeah. to, to, to you do know that when Disneyland's went down, that was a two-year closure. I know, I know. So I know. imagine the outcry <laughs> if Space Mountain, I mean, think about it. If Space Mountain and Walt Disney World went down for two years, people would lose their minds. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. no matter what it reopened with, it would, and people would be like, two years just for, you know, Traveling through time? I can't believe it. I mean, two years for Disney World is, is a long, long time. I'm, so. I'm trying not to be negative here. I really, really am. But I, I was really hoping, um, because that enhances the ride so much, and it brings it up to a level that is just incredible. So it's hard not to compare the two. Now, while, to its credit, I did like some of the enhancements. I do like that it's darker. I do like that, you know, uh, the, the queue is much more visually appealing. Um, it, it is a better ride than it was, but it just isn't up to the up to the level that I so enjoy at Disneyland. Okay. Lori, now you haven't ridden it as yet, correct? No, but it's on the list in two weeks. Yes, it is <laughs> definitely a, it's definitely a must do. I that wore be- my tight red pants <laughs> when I was. <laughs> And, Maybe I'll bring my jacket uh, and wear it. Oh, wait a minute, Glenn. Glenn actually saw Michael Jackson leaving Space Mountain when you Oh, I was hoping you were going to go that that whole story again. <laughs> Glenn is convinced he saw Michael Jackson as a child and said nothing to it, and I think it still traumatizes him to this day. Um, let's hop over to the other side of the park real quick, because even before seeing the movie, uh, before releasing the movie, Disney introduces a new experience because it's not an attraction, it's not a show, it's not a parade, it's sort of an amalgamation of all three. And I will tell you that I went for the first day of soft openings and I enjoyed so immensely Tiana's Showboat Jubilee as an experience for the music, for the interactivity, the venue of having it on the riverboat, on the rivers of America... I just think that is one of the best new shows, one of the best additions we had to Walt Disney World in 2009. And if you and if nobody says anything, I'm going to start singing "Going Down the Bayou," and you don't want oh, that no, to happen. Believe it or not, I have not been able to see that show yet. Uh, I did. I have seen the film now, but I have not seen the show yet, and I do have to get over in the next few days to catch up with it because I am very excited. But I wanted to make sure I. I, I stood in the right place for it because, uh, you know, it is a moving boat. So I want to make sure I go to the right place. Well, you take me to lunch at Pecos Bills and I will take you to Tiano's Showboat Jubilee. But I, I, and I, and I will, I'll link in the show notes. I posted videos of, of the show. And if you aren't going to get down to Walt Disney World soon, I, I highly recommend you check them out because the music from that film, and, and we could even talk about Princess and the Frog a little bit because I think it's an important I think it's a huge leap for Disney in 2009 with the return of hand-drawn animation and just beautiful, beautifully drawn movie. But that music is so moving and it gets people going and gets everybody singing and clapping and having such a good time. And, and it was there was an energy that comes to Frontierland and Liberty Square that is something like I've never seen before beyond watching Lori dance and the Move It, Shake It, Celebrate It. Street Parade, um, really, really, really well, well done um, show with, with Tiana's, and it's it's in Walt Disney World and Disneyland as well. Have you guys seen the movie as yet? The movie's amazing. The music is just outstanding. 
And again, my kids make me play it over and over and over again in the car. And I'm actually not allowed to see my kids. know. I'm not allowed to sing. My daughter needs to sing all the female voices. I am not allowed to sing. So. <laughs> and I do a great Mama Odie, just so you know. In my own mind, I do a great Mama Odie. Oh, come on, we want to hear it. Not going to happen. <laughs> so. But. Um, yeah, I can't wait to see it. Hopefully, you know. I think it's. Um, I think it's again. It, I, I can't say enough good things about the story, about the animation, Randy Newman with the music, uh, the the voiceover work, really, really well done. It deserves all the accolades that it's been getting and the critical acclaim it's been getting. So, um, I will take you to the movies if I have to at the AMC Theater in downtown Disney to go see it. So, um, very cool. Coming into December, you know. We had things, Roy Disney, Roy recently passed, um, you know, so whenever somebody with a Disney name passes, again, there was that sort of outpouring of support uh, because he was important and things that he did, obviously, for the company. But that, that actually brings me to a question for each of you, and we'll go Lori, Becky, Glenn, just because it's easier for me that way. What do you think was the biggest loss in 2009, whether it was an attraction, whether it was a person, whether it was a, a tangible thing, what do you think we lost in 2009? Maybe that you'll miss in the future. I, I really think it's Roy. I I was very affected by the news that he, like, he had passed. Is it I've because of his of his name, or what was it about it that affected you so much? Do you feel it's just an, uh, the passing of one of the few Disney's left? Yeah, I mean, it's it's the name I had, you know, he embodied Walt's spirit. Like, you know, he was, he wanted to carry that on, and now that's it. He was the last Disney involved in the company, from what I understand, and makes me wonder what's going to happen. But it was, I don't know, it affected me in a way that I did not think it would affect me, and I found myself, like, crying, telling people. It's just odd. It's probably that. What about you, Becky? Well, that, that's that's a really interesting question, Lou, and I, I, I do tend to agree with Lori on that because um, Roy had his hands so much into the company, and he was you know one of the the last actual family members that that drove a lot of the decisions in the corporation. Now it's you know a corporation, so it, it was kind of comforting in a way to know that a Disney name was somewhat still involved, and and to have that um, to have that gone now is is kind of sad. So I think from a, a Disney fan perspective, I'd have to agree with the same point. I would love to play poker with you because whenever you say, that's a really interesting question, Lou, that means I have no idea. And I'm just going to ride <laughs> on Lori's coattails. So, wow. <laughs> Glenn, what about for you? That means I do need to play poker. <laughs> well, you know me as well, and you know I'm going to always get a little bit too – I'm going to get a little surreal with this. Uh, <laughs> the For me um, – what I'm starting to feel a lot has has more to say about me and my generation and the generations that are coming up on it, where we latch on to things and when they go away, we get very upset about it, um, ignoring the fact that the next generation is perfectly fine with what's replaced with it. But it's sort of represented very well by the retirement of Art the Greeter. Art was over at the beach club, represented the customer service level that we grow to expect from Disney that we have, I've seen that for, for 12, 15 years now. 
He was always there when we walked in, and he was always welcoming us, and uh, really set the tone. And now when I walk into the uh, when I walk into the beach club, I look to see who they have in his place, and um, it just pretty much seems like nobody is in his place. And it makes me wonder if you know it once again. That's he's somebody that our ne- the next generation is not does not miss because they never had that experience, and um, you know, like we were talking about earlier with the the TTA narration, the next generation won't miss the one that they never heard or have never grown attached to it. So it just it really makes me melancholy for you know. It's, I guess it's just a just a question of nostalgia. So. Art the Greeter being a representation of things that are going away. I'm is really, the answer to my question. Well, you know what? I, I'm I'm happy and I'm mad that you said that because when I posed the question <laughs> to myself, I said I said, Lou, don't try and focus on an individual. Don't try and focus on a singular attraction. Don't try and focus on a single item that was taken off a menu somewhere that's devastating you and I'm not gonna touch on. But I kept on coming back to art. <laughs> And it wasn't just, like you said, Glenn, it wasn't just Art the individual. It was what he represented as far as tradition, customer service, levels of expectation, personality. Uh, He was the definitive cast member. And I think he represented that for so many people. And I will tell you that when I posted the video that we did of art on his last couple of days far and away I got more feedback about that video than any other interviewer segment I had ever done Julie Andrews Richard Sherman nothing compared to what I got about art because he touched people in such a direct and unique way like nobody ever had as far as cast members and so many people gravitated towards him and like you said there was a comforting about seeing him there at the beach club. So I thought, um, I, I'm, I'm happy you said that so people don't think that I'm crazy, but I too, art as the individual and art what he represented. And not saying that there's not other cast members that act the same way and, and, and represent the same way, but art was borderline legendary in, in yes. his role. So um, flip that question around. What do you think was the biggest thing that we gained as fans, what do you think? That what, what's that thing that we got that opened that that was announced, whatever it might be, that we gain as fans that you that we have now, or you're looking forward to seeing, or you whether it's Space Mountain and you can't wait to go and ride it, and we'll sort of go in reverse order to put Glenn on the spot and make you go first. So, what's the thing, the biggest thing we gained as fans? The biggest thing we gained. Let's see. Uh, uh, since I didn't have much time to plan this one i'm just gonna go with um it seems to be a commitment of um plussing or revisiting uh attractions in a manner that isn't offensive uh that that uh, that is by what the I, I go back to the Hall of Presidents when they redid the Hall of Presidents. Not only did they redo it totally, but they also had it give a, a given nod back to 
great moments with Mr. Lincoln, uh, the Mr. Lincoln attraction, by by letting Lincoln do his speech all by himself in front of in his own little cubbyhole, on the you know not knowing that he's on the stage with all the other presidents. It it not only did it look forward, but it also looked back, which is something they also did when they redid the Haunted Mansion. Space Mountain did not re revamp everything they just changed how the queue works and turned off the lights which makes the attraction a lot more interesting for me because now i really don't know where it's going uh when i did have the glow of the queue when i was up on the ride i always knew where i was and i could always tell when the the next drop was coming that's gone now so the the thing that we've gained was when they do revisit a ride to redo it, I'm usually very happy with how they go about it. It seems they do consider that they're going to be there's going to be people who are going to be upset. I'll I'll jump in here to give to give the ladies time to think because I didn't mean I didn't mean to blindside you there, but mine. No, you well, can mine. I just know it. <laughs> okay, well I'm going to go second anyway, just so you don't steal mine. <laughs> um. Because when I and I know this was just sort of a question I thought about as I was asking about the biggest loss, and I quickly thought about <clears throat> excuse me some of the technological advancements that I saw firsthand at D twenty three, the autonomatronics, whatever it's called, that second new generation of audio animatronics, the technology that's going into Cars Land and Disneyland, the walk slash roll around, Wally. So many of these interactive things that are coming to the parks. But I think, and go with me here, people. I think one of the biggest things that we gain, and if you consider yourself a, a Disney enthusiast and a Disney fan, and I have not seen it as yet, I've only spoken to people who have. I think the addition and the opening of the Walt Disney Family Museum in San Francisco is one of those things that, Everyone who's gone to see has said, you have got to come out here and see this. You've got to make the pilgrimage, as it's now being referred to, out to the family museum because it did not all start with a mouse. It started with Walt Disney, and it is such an incredible tribute to the man and his legacy and what he gave us, like Art the Greeter and Space Mountain and everything that we enjoy now, and it's not sort of the half-hour walk-through exhibit, it's something that people have gone to and said, I was there for five hours and I felt like I could have stayed longer and was an incredible tribute to the man himself. I, I am going to make it a point to try and find a way to get back out to San Francisco again this year and go and see it because the people who have have had nothing but incredible rave reviews. And if you are a fan of Walt Disney and company history, it is, sounds like one of these things that you must go and see. I think we need to take a road trip together. I'm just saying. I'm just saying another go. meet in San Francisco. Hey, it's, it's a it's a one and a half hour plane ride for me. Finally, it's like eleven. <laughs> it's like three thousand hours from here, but that's fine. We will, we will do it again. We'll find a way to do it again. So, um, so Becky, what about for you? You know, all right. Work with me. Go with me on this one. The thing I think that we've gained is the. The technology as well, but I think it's more in the in the way that we're all using. The Disney fans are using Twitter and Facebook, and it's because 
somebody's in the park and they take they take a picture of something they see and it's instantaneously transmitted to my phone or to my workstation and i can share in the disney magic through the eyes of other people as it's happening and i think people are sharing their trips and sharing their reports and sharing the news and um, sharing the the queue times i mean it, there's been a couple of great apps that have been put out there now where where you can actually see what the what the wait times are and i know people who to get a little bit of the disney magic are just pulling that up every once in a while just to take a look that space bound is 60 minutes for a wait um so i i think that or another great example is when on the ABD, when I was on the backstage magic and standing in the archive and I looked down and I saw a celebration magazine and got to take a picture and send that to you and Tim right away and go, oh my gosh, check out what I just saw. You can share those things and, and not just tell somebody about it or blog about it, but there's so many people who can reach so many other people that quickly. And so there's just a lot more of that, that Disney experience being shared techno- uh, through technology. I agree. I agree. And, uh, and of course, the box people. <laughs> <laughs> I love the box people so, so I much. I do, too. That, again, that made, that made that entire thing for me. I can't wait till the next one. Big screens. I'm saying it. Big screens. Right. <laughs> and, Lori, for you, the biggest thing that we gained? Um, for me, it's not an experience or a ride. It's actually friendship. The Disney's given me so many great friendships over like the last year. It doesn't, you know, for me, it's not a ride. It's experience it with everybody. Very well said. And and I think your sentiments are shared by everybody here. And I'm sure many of the people who are listening. Um, I I know that, you know, and I've said this in the past, I I have gained so many incredible friends, present company included, um, who I consider my extended family. And uh, that holds true now more than ever. Um, but quickly looking forward. I got something in my eye. It's <laughs> <laughs> your finger, Glenn. Get it out. <laughs> so. Just saying. I was to cry when I was saying it. Just saying. Um, <laughs> Super clip. I always say to keep moving forward. And, and, I, and I believe that firmly. And as, the, as we turn our calendars ahead towards 2010, uh, I am excited um, I am optimistic about all the things that are coming, but we've we've learned a lot in 2009 about things that are coming in 2010 and beyond. Anything that you guys are really excited about? You know, is it is it Fantasyland? Is it is it the addition of more Muppets? Is it Star Tours? Is it some of the new promotions like the the get a the, the give a day, get a Disney day? Um, any of those things that you heard about saying, "Wow, I can't wait for Dumbo! I can't wait for Star Tours!" And I know those are those are beyond 2010, but looking forward. Well, for me, one of the things ex- I'm excited about being local at this current time, I look forward to watching the expansion of Fantasyland. Not so much the completed Fantasyland as much as watching the the boundaries change and watching the the, the shape of the park that we've known forever morph and change. I'm really looking forward to that because uh, you know, it's just some—it's it, almost unfathomable to imagine how different it's going to feel. And pretty soon, that's going to be the way we're going to know the park. So I'm really looking forward to that. As a fan, I am as well. As the guy that just released the audio guide <laughs> to Fantasyland, I, I am not. <laughs> 
Pirates version so. two. <laughs> this guy's out of his mind on this thing. He doesn't know what. <laughs> It's a collectible now. That's man. right. It yeah. instantly became a collectible. It's a it's a snapshot in a moment in time. So, what what about you, um, Lori and Becky? What what kind of excites you, or, or are you looking forward to 2010 and beyond? I don't know. I think for me, for beyond, it's the uh, the cruise on the dream. So I Amen, guess I have sister. all of 2010 to you know think about it. <laughs> <laughs> For me, it's it's definitely the dream. It's in it's definitely having a ship on the West Coast. A lot of West Coast things are happening because it's also uh, in the next few years, um, the new Hawaii vacation resort, Disney Resort, is going to come online as well. So there's a whole new Disney destination of sorts that it's going to be uh, going to be releasing. So between the new things at the parks and and Star Tours is a big thing for me too because that's that's time. It's ready for that to, to be overhauled. So I'm excited to see what happens there. There's so much. There's just so much coming. It's uh, it's a pretty exciting time. I got yeah. two words for you, Lou. Tron Legacy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I thought you were going to say red leather, but I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, for for me, it's, um, it's an extension of, of some of the things that you guys mentioned. It's things that I've been excited about every year and it's something that I, I love which is a just a personal blessing for me about doing the show it is the friendships it is going to be things like the Disney dream because all those things afford me the opportunity to meet more people um, to read meet readers and to meet listeners and to meet friends that's how I've gotten to know and love you guys is, is from all this um, and that's why I say that, that you know what I do with the show is such a blessing to me because of the friendships that I have made. So things like the meet of the month and the marathon weekend and the Disney Dream and and San Francisco if we go and all all those things afford me the opportunity to get to know and shake the hands and hug the people that take the time to listen each week and form friendships from that beyond sort of the one way kind of communication that it is. And that, for me, um, excites the heck out of me because um, I, I love meeting people and I love meeting these people that, that I consider part of my family. So, Oh, I totally agree with you there, Lou. I mean, that is exactly why I get on a plane and fly six hours <laughs> every month to come down there to Walt Disney World is to see everybody and be a part. And it, it is just a, it's an incredible thing. Great. Well, I certainly had an amazing, amazing 2009 due in large part to all of you here at the round table, to everybody here who is listening. I am so looking forward to everything 2010 has to bring. Thank you guys all so, so much again for, for joining me on this show and on other shows and for everything that you do for me and for the show. Don't forget to go check out Lori's blog at we want the redhead.blogspot.com. Becky and her team over at Mouse Fan Travel. Glenn and his most awesomest video of 2009, prettygoodmovieride.com. I'm not kidding. Go check that out. As well as passamaquati.blog.com. Um, again, guys, thank you so, so much for everything. I, I truly love all of you, and, uh, and I look forward to 2010. We love you too, Lou. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. 
That was a good practice. You wanna wanna take this one? That's going to do it for this week's show. Thanks again to my guests, Lori Burke, Becky Mankin, and Glenn Whalen. And of course, thanks to all of you as well for giving me such an incredible, memorable 2009. The friendship and the support that you've all extended to me by listening each week has been the greatest gift. and makes me even more excited about what 2010 is going to bring for us all. I have so many changes and additions and new projects planned for 2010 that I'm really excited about sharing with you. Be sure and stay tuned over the next few weeks as I start announcing and rolling out some of what I'll be doing with the show, the site, and so much more. Thanks again, as always, for a great year from my partners and my friends. Again, Becky from MouseFanTravel.com, Sarah from AllStarVacationHomes.com, and Chantel from DVC by Resale. Also, about the meet of the month, I still am planning it for Saturday, January 9th, probably at the Magic Kingdom during Marathon Weekend. I am going to hold off again on confirming any uh, exact time and location for a couple of different reasons, but definitely stay tuned to Twitter, Facebook, the forums, the website, and of course the show, and I will let you know as soon as possible. That's going to do it for this week. I just wanted to say thank you again for everything and I want to wish you and your families all the best for the coming new year and as that clock comes close to striking midnight on December 31st don't make an empty resolution but make yourself a promise that you'll pick out something that you dream about doing or accomplishing and promise yourself that you will pursue it with all your heart and soul and remember that Walt was right because if you can dream it You can do it. And once you start, just keep moving forward. So take care. Have a happy new year. Thank you so very much, my friends. Have a great week. More importantly, have a very happy, healthy, and magical 2010. See ya.